Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by National Roper Supply. NRS has been providing quality Western wear and horse tack since 1989, and they are proud to be the number one Western store in the USA. From functional and fashionable Western wear and horse tack to essential livestock and horse supplies, NRS carries the products you need at prices you can afford. NRS is a one-stop shop for all things Western. NRS also carries our new line of modern cowboy brand apparel, caps, t-shirts, and hoodies, as well as the Cowboy Way protein powder. And for our listeners, use your special discount code, MODERNCOWBOY, at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand, and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer, saddle up old rock, and I sit down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs, twenty thousand dollar horses. Then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the rope and pin. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, I'm thrilled to have my my guest on today for, for several reasons, uh, John Kofer. I met him through a good friend, Chris Douglas, who's been on the podcast a couple times. Uh, and I met him uh, when I was up in Montana here, oh, last month, uh, my wife and I, Stephanie. And uh, John is a hat maker. And that's kind of just what I, I knew him as only as a hat maker when I rolled up to his place um i don't even remember if i called if we called you to tell you we were coming maybe we did yeah i think we did but yeah uh, yeah yeah but uh he lives on a super cool road um i think it's it's what is is it outlaw road or outlaw yeah that's actually outlaw hill outlaw (laughs) hill yeah and uh and the one turn you got to make kind of getting up to it is just I mean, it feels like you're, you know, going to a kind of a dangerous place. So anyway, that being said, we get up there and we meet for the first time and and we're talking and I don't even know how it came up, but this is what's always so great about doing the podcast is I always end up finding something out about people that I, you know, would just have no idea that, uh, that they would be involved in or anything. So it turns out, John, and he, I don't know how much he wants to talk about this. We're going to talk about it a little bit. We're, we're definitely going to get to the hats. But um, John was in the UFC and also was on the Ultimate Fighter show, which my son and I absolutely just uh, are addicted to that show. And the new one's out now, too. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, so I, I got the, the pleasure of, of being uh, put in a rear naked choke. Uh, by John, uh, and uh, he told me to count to three, and I could I could just really feel that man. I I, I could go out really quick, uh, but anyway, that being said, um, John is a custom hat maker, and we're going to hear all about how he got started and, and how that developed. So, without further ado, John, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Appreciate it. Happy to be here, and thanks for having me. Yeah, now you guys just got back um, off of 
I, I don't know. Was it like a hat tour? Yeah, you know, we were going uh, kind of. I, I think we mixed. We did our best to mix a little uh, business with pleasure. Um, uh, my girlfriend Gina and I, we hit the road and we went through. You know, we camped in Colorado. We did a pop up show in Nashville, Tennessee. We went to go visit some of our suppliers. Um, just these are people I talk on the phone with every day, or not every day, but a lot, at least weekly. And um, it was nice just to put uh, faces with names. So we did that. You know, our suppliers are in Colorado and Tennessee as well. I'm from Tennessee. Um, went down to Chattanooga. We saw friends and family. Did a little pop up show there too. Sold some hats. We even dropped, you know, I had some people order some hats from Tennessee. So we actually got to drop the hats off personally and then made our way up to Pennsylvania, which is where Gina's from. Had a wedding, saw family, friends. Uh, we even loaded up a storage unit in Chattanooga. We did a lot. You know, we did it in about a month's time and had a lot of fun on the road. And um, we just got back, was today Tuesday, got back on Friday night. So we're, we've been in town now for a few days and just kind of getting settled back in. Um, of course, we spent a little bit of time um, on the river all weekend. So we, we're just now starting to get stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, what part of Tennessee are you from originally? Um, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um that's where I went to college. Uh, okay. yeah, I wrestled, I wrestled at UT Chattanooga and that's what initially brought me to Chattanooga. I just kind of love it there. And, um, that's why I've always kind of called it home, you know, even though I grew up North of Atlanta, but I kind of considered Chattanooga my home. Right. Um, but of course, Montana has become my new home and right. wouldn't trade this, this for anything. <laughs> yeah. Now, how long have you, be, have you been in Montana now? Um, I'm a little over two and a half years, something like that. Okay. Um, it'll be three years in the spring. Yeah. Now, when I was up there, we talked a little bit about, uh, I, I believe, in, in terms of the mixed martial arts, you started out, you wrestled from a, a young age, correct? Pretty, yeah, pretty much from about six years old um, through college. And yeah. Then, which just led to jujitsu and martial arts and, I don't know, fighting sounded cooler than getting getting a regular job. <laughs> right. So let, let's just, we'll touch it. Let's touch on, touch on this a little bit because I mean, I absolutely love, you know, mixed martial arts and, and, uh, and, and the UFC and Bellator mm -hmm. and all the rest of them too. But, um, well, how did you, how did you end up getting on, on the, the show? Uh, what, 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 what happened to lead up to that? Uh, I guess at the time, you know, I was trained out of, out of Athens, Georgia. Um, it was, I think they changed the name now back then it was, um, um, the hardcore gym of Athens and you know there, there's been some decent names come out of there force force griffin brian bowles um anyway so I, I was just fighting in the local circuit um mostly in georgia and florida actually i fought a lot down in tampa right. and just kind of made a name for myself fighting in those circuits you know trying to make a few bucks here and there and then um i actually almost made it on season 14 you know we made it down to the final cut and i didn't get picked and of course the producer i was all bummed and producers right. like no we're, we'll get you on the next one you know and the next show i didn't even try out for it. i think they just called me and they said hey you still want to do it and i'm like hell yeah <laughs> so they, they booked me a flight out there i sat down talked to the guy for five minutes hung out in vegas for a little while went home and came back out for the show so so you were on season you were on another season two or no, 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 I was, I went, I went through the, 
the tryout process. Oh, gotcha. Season okay. Four, season four and and season fourteen was my actual weight class. I mean, it, it's funny to even talk about this. I don't haven't even thought about this in so long. This would have been like what 2010, 2011, something like that. Right. And um, so no, I I, I had you know had a little bit of clout going into season fourteen, made a name for myself in the local circuits, and then um, you know, my coach actually was on the Ultimate Fighter too. So kind of having that backing pushing you forward and and then of course i tried out and all that stuff right um but just didn't make the final cut you know they, they narrow it down to you know however many people and then make a final cut right uh, we kind of became friends with the producer and he was like hey you know don't worry about it we got you on the next one the next one of course was the weight class above me at 155 which is fine to me i didn't care i, I got yeah. to go this fight for a living so i was happy right, right. <laughs> but yeah that was that was kind of the process it's, it's not that grand of a story but you know it was it was fun at the time you know <laughs> well i i wouldn't downplay it man because it's it i mean that's a, a quite an achievement i think and and uh and just just the sport itself man it's just it's a tough sport and uh anyway it was super cool i was it was super cool to find that out uh, you know, when I met you and, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't talk about it much. So, uh, I know you don't, I know you don't. And I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I thought maybe before we started this podcast, Hey, let's, let's just don't talk about the fighting. <laughs> no, stuff too much, I, but. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't care. It's just, it was something I did in life and, um, it meant a lot to me at the time, but you know, you throughout life, you transition into other things. And when I, when I walked away from the sport, you know, I was definitely ready to be done with it and right. was getting older and facing injuries and this and that. And, and yeah, it's impossible not to just look back and be like, oh, I should have done a, done this or should, maybe I could have kept going. And, you know, I had opportunities when I did retire or quit, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, but I was just, I think I was just so burned out on it. I was ready to be done. Um, when I was released from the UFC, just the money wasn't there. And trying to get back to that, those money fights again, it was just at that point, at that stage in my life, I just, my head wasn't it anymore. So I, I fought a couple more times and, some small uh, productions won those fights. And I was like, I, I think I'm ready to be done. <laughs> yeah. So we'll talk one more thing about, about it. And then, then we're going to move on. Um, this Jake Paul and, and Ty, Tyron Woodley this, this last weekend. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you watched or not, but what do you think about I, these, these guys, uh, you know, going in and boxing? Uh, and yeah. and I, I actually watched it. We watched the fight and uh, yeah. And um Anyway, what's your th what's your thought on that? Just well, to be honest with you, I I just don't follow uh, fighting martial martial arts that much to begin with. I mean, it's right. impossible not to see. I mean, right. obviously, I, all my friends that I trained with, right. I mean, social media is inevitable, and you're not going to get away from it. Right. Um, and of course, you know the, the hype of stuff like that. And Tyrone Woodley, he actually he wrestled at Missouri when I was in Chattanooga, so I remember wrestling against him really um, now not me he was right. in a heavier weight class right but i remember i remember standing across from tyrone woodley back then this was in the early 2000s but yeah at utc we wrestled missouri um several times anyway um i i don't know i always i want i always want the wrestlers to win especially guys that you know competed in the same era right. that i did and, and tyrone was just man he was he was his, a badass wrestler he was his, just quick as shit oh his takedowns are, are crazy Oh, you want to talk about an explosive person? I mean, yeah. I'm I'm, sir, I'm definitely a Tyrone Woodley fan. I yeah. really just like him. Um, yeah. And then the whole the, I don't know. You get the whole Jake Paul thing. I mean, you can I mean, hate him all you want to, but he's he's making <laughs> yeah. more money than we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. <laughs> you know, he he's doing it right, I guess. Uh, yeah. You, know, you 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 cause a scene, make a ruckus, and get yeah. paid for it. But I don't know. I I think like 
I don't I don't understand why these MMA guys are going out and and again this is I don't understand it because I'm not I'm not I don't follow it I'm not involved in it right, one bit right. but like I don't know go make them do an MMA fight you know yeah yeah that's kind of the way <laughs> you know? I think of it I just think like you know if they had the other uh, you know gloves on and not the boxing yeah. gloves and they could uh, they could wrestle and and do whatever it'd be a whole different well, story I mean but. there's not a there's not a chance in the world but I don't know I, I think Jake. Paul's probably doing it right. Again, this is from an outside right. looking in and not really knowing that much about it. Right. Um, I guess you talk enough trash to somebody, they're like, right. <laughs> screw you, buddy. I'll fight you wherever you want. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and then, that's what it's to his advantage, though. But yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And then and and then guys like Tyrone are getting, I mean, I'm sure he got a huge check. So you know, oh, and, you, yeah. and, and you can't you can't blame a guy for that. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, I I'm sure Tyrone would take the win. I don't, maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I never cared about the money. It was always like, I'll, I'll, I'll take the win over check any day. And right. And I, yeah, you, when someone beats you and I've been, you know, I've lost fights before, but it's almost like, and, may, and maybe other fighters will tell you this and some, some will, some won't, but it's almost like whenever you get beat, it's like that person takes just a little bit of your soul. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll forget your wins. Right. hundred times over, but I'll, I mean, I, I remember my wrestling matches, a lot of the big losses I took, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously it happens and it happens to even the, the greatest fighters out there, but yep. um, yeah, you, you remember the ones you lose. So I, I don't know where Tyrone's at, but I'm sure he's, I'm sure that big check um, eases the pain a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, we'll move on from that. So let's, let's talk about, you know, your hat making and how you got started um, and you know, what, what just kind of like drove your interest to do it? I, I mean, I think it was, it's been a little unexpected and kind of overwhelming. Um, definitely very happy about it, but uh, I think I've always just been a creative person. I mean, it was even before mixed martial arts, you know, I was in high school, I was big into like art, mm -hmm. you know, drawing, painting. Um, I was, I did ceramics for a long time. I think that's another thing that a lot of people didn't really know about me or unless I tell them, I guess, but right. Um, it was always kind of a side hustle or something. I, of course, worked other jobs, but um, I, I was living in a Airstream trailer out in Southwest Montana. Uh huh. And I actually, the first hats I ever made were inside of my Airstream. I took the couch out and made a little bench because I just wanted to make my own hats. And I've always had this infatuation with kind of that, you know, the whole Western cowboy hat. It's just right. it's nostalgic. It's cool. And then you, and then it's like anything else. You start reading about it and you get really interested in it. And as I'm sure you know, the cost of a of a hundred percent beaver felt hat might not mean much to anybody else, but you know, if you it it's almost like a niche thing. Right. So um I was like, oh, I was like, man, this much money for a beaver felt hat. I was like, I maybe I'm creative. I'm you know, hand handy. I can just make more. <laughs> right, right. So I so literally I did. I watched I watched YouTube videos and I I talked I reached out to other hatters and I learned a lot. Um I mean it was it was a long, it was actually just a process of studying and finding the interest in it. And then one day I just bought some equipment and I just made my first hat. Um, I did it right inside my Airstream trailer. And then, uh, when, um, when I bought this little ranch up here, uh, my girlfriend, she came along and she was like, you know, we could make a real business out of this and I'm not good with the business side of things. Right. right. Um, so that's why I always say like this business would not exist without her. Right. You know, tenfold. I mean, I, I love making stuff and that's all I really want to do. But the minute I have to 
turn on a computer, answer emails, do taxes and stuff like that. I'm just like, I, I it's like a short circuit, you know, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I could build, I could build you a house from the ground up. But if you tell me to like turn on a computer, I'm like, uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> So I'm really proud of myself for even following the Zoom link, you know. Yeah, the way you did good there. So, so how how long ago was that when you made your first hat? Um, a little over a year ago, probably. I can't Man. remember the exact day, but something like that. Yeah, so, so it ha- so hadn't even that long. No, no, and we, we really just launched the business. Um, probably late May. No, when april may somewhere in there right and it really just started with like an instagram account to kind of see and at that point i'd I'd acquired all the equipment to really be set up and ready and bought some material and and i I was making stuff for friends and word of mouth i mean i was already kind of moving in that direction right um but yeah it hasn't been that long so i think once we launched this we had a, a really a great response from it um there's, I don't think there's a hat maker in Livingston, Montana, which was also nice. Yeah. Um, I, I know there's some up in Bozeman. There's some really good hat makers up north, northern Montana, and some down in Wyoming. But I think in our little small pocket of the world, um, you know, we kind of put down a stake and uh, we've kind of become known as like a Livingston hat maker, if you will. I don't yeah. know, for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah. Very cool. So, in terms of hat equipment, uh, did you buy new equipment? Did you buy used equipment? And, and you know, what's I, the what's the startup I'll, cost for something like that? I mean, it's like anything else. You you think it's not that bad when you get into it. By the way, my earbuds keep falling out of my ears because I, I have cauliflower ears. Oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> and they they're cl- both of them are about closed up, and that's if you notice they keep falling out. I'm yeah. not used to wearing earbuds. A <laughs> uh, little side note for you. Um. It's like anything else. You get into it, and then it's like you want this equipment, you want this, and you want more and more and more. Right. And then it's like, oh, well, this is a little bit nicer than you know what I have or, or what I. So I mean, in in general, you, you need some hat blocks, and I scour antique stores because I love making hats from antique blocks. But right. the reality of it is, to do that, some of these people have collected hat blocks over the hat makers in general have collected, you know, these things over the course of their lifetime. Right. So. Um, so yeah, I do have a, a decent small amount of like antique stuff that I make hats on, but for the most part, I, I had them custom made. They're made on a CNC machine and a, a feller out of uh, Colorado makes them for me. Gotcha. He's, he's kind of like a woodworker and happened to have a CNC machine because he, um, also does engraving and he's kind of actually, he makes uh, hat blocks for a lot of hat makers to kind of fill in the blanks from their antique collection or whatnot. So anyway, he makes all my, uh, flanges you know the flanges what sets your brim usually right. i just use flat flat flanges because i hand shape everything and then just right. an open crown you know um so he makes all that for me um and then any chance i get to find something at an antique shop or on etsy or ebay you know i, I snatch those up too yeah so it, it's uh when i first got into it no i wasn't planning on spending much money into it and then i got so far into it and just kept going with it and before i know it i'm pretty well invested in this venture and i'm like well <laughs> crap now i gotta sell hats to, to get my money back yeah well you know so, I, I got to try on you know several of your hats up there and and, and look mm-hmm. at your work and your hats have a super cool look to them uh and when i was talking to you about uh because i because my listeners know and and you know too i mean i'm i'm infatuated with hats i love hats and yeah that's what ha- you told me yeah and, and and have ever since i was i mean little kid uh 
but one of the things you do with your hats too, and I know a lot of hat makers do this, um, but you told me how you burn them off or, 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 you know, use a flame on them or whatever. I just remember looking at that one. It just looked really cool. And it looked kind of, I won't say modeled, but it, it, uh, it just had a, a lot of dimension to it and character to it. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of it has to do with the felts. We, we use really high-quality felts. We get them out of Tennessee, and we searched for a long time um, to find the right felts, and beaver felts are hard to come by right now, really? especially for a, for a small-time hatter like me. You know, we're not – you know, p- companies like Stetson Resist, All-American Hat Company, they make their own from, from what I understand. Um, so for, you know, handmade hat makers who are ordering in small batches, you know, we just can't get the number – we, we can't, really can't order what – what i would want so right. what i have to do is i just have to put in and they kind of send them to me little by little and I, I can't always get the exact color i want but we uh we keep as much in stock as we can so back to your question uh yeah the felts the felts that we use they come out of tennessee and they just they all they just have a really good look to them better than anything else that i've come across right. um of course these are there is my of course these are harder to get but at the same time we it produces a much better quality hat uh part of the burning process um you know some people distress their hats with fire i don't i don't really do distressed hats right of course somebody wanted them i, I prefer you know if you're going to distress it you know working at distress it yourself <laughs> right i got you. I, I i i i got you yeah, yeah. Of course, of course i'll do you know if someone's paying i'll do whatever they want <laughs> right right but um but no, the, the burning is actually just part of kind of like the pouncing process. The pouncing process is what takes that the felt from its rough shape to a smooth, you know, the hat you're wearing, the hat I'm wearing, probably have a smooth touch to it, right? Right, right. Um, when, you know, when I get the felt, it's just shaggy, kind of hairy, you know, and then you block the hat. I mean, I sand it. I actually use sandpaper, and there's right. a sanding process that we go to higher grits, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's all the way down to like a, a sponge that just kind of, so what I do is I do all that and then you're always gonna have these loose fibers and loose hairs. So I spray some alcohol on it, light it on fire and it, it makes cool Instagram videos. Right. So, right. Right. So <laughs> um, I, and I've never heard that term before pounce. Did you say pounce? Yeah. Pounce. It's, it's, a uh, um, it's just a way to kind of get the, the felt s- smooth for, for lack of a, a better description. Okay. Um, and is and, that, is that done through like your flanges and the blocks and stuff or, no, no that, I do all that by hand. So I, I oh, sand them. Oh, okay. I do. Um, so I, I, I use an electric sander. It's probably the only machine I actually use is an electric sander. You still there? there yeah. Yep. Um, and then when I get to the higher grits, um, I then sand it by hand. And then that burn-in process, it right. kind of gets rid of just those lasting long fibers. And then I can go back with that sponge and I can really just smooth it out. You know, it depends on how much time I want to put into it. If it, if, if, if I want like a perfect smooth hat, I really got to put some time into it to, to get it, to get it that way. It also gives it that kind of modeled look. And, um, that's kind of hard to explain until you see, almost till you see them side by side. Right. You know, it just, it just gives it a better look. Um, doesn't make it look just brand new, but definitely not distressed. If, if that makes sense. Right. No, absolutely. And then, and then your, your hat bands, um, uh, you do, you do some unique hat, hat bands, uh, and, uh, and, and those are all, you guys custom make those too. Yeah. So, um, I think Gina, we've all, as we've settled into like our roles of the business, cause it has become a business um, right. and even, even faster than we thought it would, we've kind of settled into our roles. Um, you know, she does a lot of the back end, but she also, she's a very creative person too. And she's always, you know, made 
different odds and ends and sold them. You know, she's just a very artistic, creative person. That's where we kind of have some in common. Right. But she makes she makes all the hat bands for the hats. That's kind of just become her niche thing, and she's come up with some really cool stuff. Like she'll go get uh, you know, antique horse tack and make make leathered hat bands out of horse tack and you know adorns them with antlers and feathers and i don't know you see our website you'll see the hat bands are are all her creation and i think she's done a really good job with it yeah very cool now the other thing too that uh that uh that i found interesting is you know your your 100 beaver hats are really priced really well um and we, we yeah. talked we talked about about that a little bit when I was up there. Um, yeah, so I mean, we're we're still a new business, and right. It's, uh, I, and a lot of our, you got you got to thank um, friends for supporting your business, and right. That, I think that goes a long way. And when we first started out, yeah, we had a lot of friends that wanted to kind of jump in and help us out. And you know, I can't. You're not going to charge a buddy. You know what? What maybe. Sorry, I'm looking for a phone charger. Right here. Um, it's so uh, sorry. I'm getting sidetracked. I'm looking no, for a phone right. charger. <laughs> um, yeah, that price point was initially just to kind of help drive sales. We want to get them on people's heads, right? And get get photos. So it's like any new business. You got to have it's a business cost, you know. And so yeah, our price point. We've finally got it up to a price point where we're making money now, right? Um, it's still not where we want to be. Right. Uh, but at the same time, we're happy with the sales that we've gotten and we're, you know, we're, we're not where we want to be, like I said, but we're getting there. Um, sorry. I'm just getting sidetracked. So I'm like looking for, no, that's all right. Did you find it? I did. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. No, no worries. Uh, um, so with that being said, um, our price point is probably a little bit lower than some people. Right. Um, and you know, we, we sold, to a lot of friends in the valley and friends back home, and it's just just a way to drive up our sales and right. um, and kind of get some income coming in. Right. Um, you know, we, we were trying to also get different price points on hats, so we do 100% beaver, 50/50, rabbit, and uh, really soon we're gonna start wholesaling um, straw hats, and that gives us a price point of like you know from low all the way up to high. So, right. Right. So you're gonna be building me a hat. Oh yeah. In fact, yeah. I got yours on in fact I got yours on the block right now. You wanna see it? Yeah, I do actually. I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> I can take you. Yeah, there. I'm i I've been sitting out here on my front porch. But um You still there? Yeah, I, I can hear you. Just you still there, Dan? Yeah, I'm here. I just lost okay. we lost video. Um, no worries. Um someone's beeping in, I think that's why. Yeah, I got you. I'm on my phone this morning. Um, all right, here we are. You see me now? Yep, got you. Can you see me? Yep. Okay. All right, here we are. So this, I blocked yours last night. Um, I think I can turn you around, can I? Yeah, absolutely. Again, I told you I am not good with technology. Let's see here. All right. Let's see how there you good go. I am. There we go. So there's your hat right there. Awesome. <laughs> So this is kind of the starting process of it. It's been blocked. It's just a rough shape. Right. Um, and I have it, you know, overnight it was drying up. So that's where we are right now. Of course, we'll cut down the brim. I got a little sheet for you. We did you about a four, somewhere around a four and a quarter brim is what we talked about. 
um, open crown. So we'll ship it to you like that. And then you'll get to shape it yourself. Yep. Yep. I, I, I love to shape my own hats. So yeah, which is pretty cool. I think you're the first customer we've ever had that, that wanted to shape their own hats. So I'm actually excited to see how, yeah. uh, what you, what you do with it. Well, I'll, I'll, when I do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a video and, and post it. So everybody's going to get to see. Um, oh, please do. That'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's interesting because, uh, hat shaping is, I, I mean, in, in, in the Western, you know, in rodeo, uh, lifestyle and culture on social media. I mean, that's one thing that people love to, to watch. I mean, you know, you can just see that posts with guys shaping hats, uh, yeah. so, so much and, engagement. And yeah. And a lot of people do shape their own hats. Um, they they'll, they'll buy them off the wall, but a lot of times they'll, they'll wear them and they wear them out. And the right. good thing about Beaver, you can always reshape it. So right. they, they beat them to death. And then, <clears throat> you know, over time they decide that they want to fix their busted up hat. But with the Beaver felt hat, like I said, you can uh, bring it back to life and almost make it look brand new just with yeah. a simple cleaning. So. Yeah. Well, you know, um, maybe uh, you ought to, uh, get uh, Dana White in one of your hats since, you know, he's in the, he owns, uh, you know, uh, buck and bowls and stuff. Now um, uh, he, he'd be, he'd be a good guy to have one of your, you know, a Kofor hat on and, and uh, promote you. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. By now he's probably forgot my name. So he'd be like, I, who in the hell are you? <laughs> I doubt, I doubt that. I doubt that. Yeah. Well, very cool. So, and, how many hats do you make? Do you just make one hat at a time or do you, I mean, how, how, do, um, how do you do that? Typically I do. It depends on how busy I am. I mean, you know, with us just getting home, we're, we're pretty backlogged on hat orders. So right. I'll, I'll do about two at a time. Right. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, I, I think I have somewhere between six to eight hours into each hat. That's from start to finish. Um, oh, no they're all kidding. handmade. No kidding. Yeah. They're all yeah handmade, hand-shaped. I don't use much machinery. I even hand sew them. Um, it's it's completely handmade. Like I told you before, the only really piece of machinery I use is a little hand sander, an electric sander, and I only use that for the for the higher grits. And then I once I get to the lower grits, I hand sand it. Right. Um, so with that being said, I, I kind of have to like make them, let them dry. While one's drying and sitting up, I can I can block another one by blocking. I mean that's what I stretch the the basic shape onto a that curved block kind of like what you saw your hat was in right so today i'll probably um sand yours cut the brim down get it shaped up and in the meantime i'll also block another hat that way another hat's drying and then tomorrow i'll kind of jump the process for that one as well right if, if that makes any sense yeah so you, when you talk about hats drying stuff what what do you use or what do you put in hats uh i mean i know back in the day they used to use i think mercury or something i i i you know, one the mercury, uh, the mercury poisoning. A lot of the hat makers actually uh, had a lot of health defects from it. You know, right? Um, so that the little bow that you see in a lot of hats. Yeah, I actually don't even have one in this one because this is a hat I wear, so I didn't right. do spend much time on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a work hat. I just beat it up. But uh, yeah, the bows that you see in hats, you'll see yep. one in yours when it, when it comes to you. That it's kind of a um, homage to the old hatters, and the bows kind of represent the ones that. Um, it's all there's a lot of folklore that goes on with hat making and right. hats in general you know um so that's what the bow is for you'll see it when he comes in there and, and yeah that mercury and a lot of the chemicals they used in in the stiffening of hats um is what caused that so i just follow suit i put the bow in in all my hats as well um, right. 
but now uh, they come to me are pretty much pre-stiffened. Um, of course, when I steam them, it loosens up, and then when they dry, they harden back up. So I know that the factory they use them, they use shellac actually in the hats now. Gotcha. And then a lot of times after I crease and make a hat just for extra added stiffness, I put my own stiffener in it, which is basically just a mixture of alcohol and um, like a gelatin. Oh, really? Okay. And I just give it like I just give it like a quick. It's usually when I finish the hat, I give it like a quick spray, and it just it adds a little stiffener to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they kind of they mostly come to me stiffened. Right. And yeah, because I mean, myself, I, I like my hats pretty stiff. And I know that, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I know that, you know, different styles of hats and people wear them different. You know, I, I'm kind of I've kind of got that. Uh, I don't know. Um, you got that roper curl on that hat, open yeah, crown, a little yeah, dimple on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's this is a um, I, I call it my modern cowboy shape. But uh, uh, OK, yeah, I, so you uh, coin, you're coining your own hat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, although, I like although I believe um, this hat, I, I can't remember what 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 the maker called that. The guy that makes this, it was something. It was some. It was out of a uh, town in New Mexico, I think. But anyway, it, I could call it like an open road, or a, um, well, I'd you, call it an open road. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, you can, you can call them a lot of different things, but it's it's interesting because you know, a hat is an individual thing, you know, and and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've 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 gone through a lot of hats. Um, not that I've. I've not that I've wore them all out, but I've, I've gone through a lot of hats because, you know, you, you get them and you think, Oh, I'm going to really like this hat and you shape on it, you do whatever. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm not really in love with it. And, and then you end up, you know, falling in love with the ones you love. And, and those are the ones mm-hmm. you seem to wear, wear more often, yeah. but. And that, that goes back to people shaping their own hats. You know, you, you pull, you pull a hat off the shelf, you know, it may not be exactly how you want, but throw a little steam on it, adjust right. the brim you know, make it steeper, fall it out, whatever you want to do to it. And that kind of becomes your own or, you know, wear it out, get it dirty, bust it up a little bit. Those are some of my favorite hats or just the ones that look like they've been worked in. Yeah. Rode hard and put away wet. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I got to tell some funny stories about, um, about hat shaping. Cause you know, I, I did go to, to the hat shaping, you know, school down there at American hat company. And, and I ran, you know, uh, NRS up here. And so I worked the hat bar a ton up here, but, uh, you, you know, people are very particular about their hats. Um, and the one thing is that the women, girlfriends and wives had a huge influence on, uh, how these guys got their hat shaped. And I mean, I've, I had guys that were in their seventies and their wives telling them how that hat needs to look because, uh, it, you, you're going to look like this in it. Like the ones I do, oh, you, you look like a steer wrestler in that. That's not good for you. And I'm just, I'm standing there going, gotta be kidding me but anyway um long story (laughs) short i'm not a fan of 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 of, uh you know um you know just pre-shaped hats and and i know that they've got i think you mentioned the word flange or whatever it is i know they've got these different things that they that they put hats in and shape and and that's fine i mean obviously you know not not everybody's you know going to shape their own hat or or um you know wants a custom hat and just buying off the shelf but Long story short, well, you know, I got to play with a lot of hats when I was at NRS. And so resist all has that one hat that a lot of team ropers wear. I can't, I can't remember the name. It's not the wildfire, but it's another one. It's kind of tan with a little bit of, of brown around okay. the, uh, around the crown. But so I, they come shaped a certain way and I took it and, and they're really kind of hard to reshape because they're, they come from the factory like that. It's just, I, I call it machine made, but so mm-hmm. worked on that brim, just widening the brim out in the front and, mm-hmm. uh, and just put this different shape on it and, and, and it looked good and 
put it out on the rack. Literally, someone came in a couple hours after I did that and goes, yeah, I like this hat here, but could you bring the brim in on it? And <laughs> out of all the hats out there, and there's a whole stack of those stand, sitting there. Well, just you can get one of those because then, I, you know, I mean, I just spent yeah. an hour, you know, getting that thing like that. But anyway, it's, it's, it's interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, shaping is probably one of my favorite things. It's, it's oh. the hat process, believe it or not, is very, very simple, and it, it's almost mechanical. Um, right. I hate to, do that, but it's it it's very hands on, of course. But the only part where you get to be kind of like artistic, which is right. what I enjoy about it, is the right. shaping process. Right. I mean, the rest of it, you're blocking on a block, you're going based off measurements. Right. You're saying, sewing it. I mean anybody really anybody could learn to make one and, and probably make a good one but it's like the shaping part of it is where you get to kind of be like artistic and and i do i do like it you know some people will be like I, you know i don't really know we sold a lot of hats to people that have never worn a hat and i always i joke i always say everybody looks cool in a western hat i've never yep. seen somebody not want a western hat now i've seen people that put on a western hat and it doesn't fit them but hey try this one this one oh now you look now you look like you know Clint right. Eastwood and good and bad <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> you know so the shape and part of it i think is the coolest part of the whole process because it's where you get to almost be kind of art it's where i get to be kind of artistic um so I, that's why i'm kind of excited to see you shape your hat i think that's really cool um you know well, but like i said it, it's, it's it's the only part where you get to kind of be artistic and it, it's neat because yeah. everyone something different yeah and, and you know the thing about it is too you know shaping hats for me and i've talked to a lot of the guys and i i hired guys you know with, if, over there at the store when i was there and uh you know hat shapers and stuff and and it's there's some about that steam and having that hat and just working it. it's very relaxing it's 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 mm -hmm. just it's almost like uh you know just uh i, I don't know it, it's it's just a, a, a great experience. You know, it's just, it's something like you're just kind of in your own world. I don't know what it is, but we talked about, I've talked about yeah. it a lot before too, you know, and it's, it's something that's, yeah. that's just uh, super cool. And like you said, you are getting to be creative and, you know, and every hat's different, you know, I mean, uh, even like some of the straw hats we used to shape, uh, sometimes they just don't go the way you want them to go, uh, you know, and it's like you grab another one, um, but mm -hmm. they, they all shape up a little bit different and, uh, I got to yeah. say this though, shaping felts for me is, is harder. I mean, at least shaping them, you know, like a lot of rodeo or team roping style. Uh, Think so. Yeah. Well, the, I, hardest part, the hardest part for me is get, is to try. And I used to get so obsessed with getting this brand just like perfect, you know? Right. And then over time, and of course now I look at other hats and it's like, you know, the ones that are handmade, you can tell they're handmade. Right. And, and again, you know, my girlfriend, Gina, she gets on me all the time because I'm so particular about how it looks. And it could be just slightly off, something that nobody will ever notice, but I noticed it, so I try to fix it. Right. The goal is to get it as as symmetrical and as perfect as you possibly can because it's never going to be 100% perfect. But if you get it as perfect as you can, pretty close, you know? Right, right. And the other thing, too, is it, it takes time. Uh, I mean, for me, shaping a hat, my hats really aren't really shaped until – I shape them and then I wear them and I, I tweak on them and I wear them and it can take three weeks before I kind of got it. It settles in on my head, you know, and yeah. I just kind of got it where I, where I like it, you know? Um, I think uh, it's, it's, I'm glad we're having this conversation. I think uh, Gene and I, we've been tossing around the idea about putting a video on our website of how to really, we are doing it for in the, in the event that say your hat gets damaged, like sat on. Right a horse steps on it or you leave it in your car, right? You know, you leave a, a felt hat in the car, 
underneath the book bag, it's going to get out of whack. But we're uh, putting a video on there just how to how to reshape and how to steam a hat at home. Right. Because it's such a process, but if you've never done it, it's like anything else you don't know. So you can literally steam and reshape your hat over a pot of water. Yes. You know, yes. Over your stuff. Of course, we have steamers, you know, nice, expensive steamers, but uh, we wanted to put a video out that shows like how to how to reshape your hat at home. Um, so I, that's cool that we're having this conversation. It kind of, it, it's kind of giving me a little fuel and a little more ideas on that, that video that we're talking about doing. So, yeah. Well, and the other thing too, with, with, with felts, um, I, I know I was told this several times by several different, you know, hatters and, and shapers and stuff is you, you don't, you don't want to use too much steam, you know, when you, when you oversteam them, so especially on a hat, that's like not a hundred percent beaver, uh, you know, yeah. on, a, you know, a 10 X or six X or whatever. You can just turn that thing into a noodle and and where you can't almost bring it back, you know? Yeah. Or then you got to put, you know, stiffener on it. I like that stuff I was talking about, the alcohol. Right. So if, right. you do, if you do business, because, you know, in 10 years time, this hat's really stiff. It's got a good shape to it. Right. You know, I wear it out. I work in this thing. So I'm going to beat this thing up. But, you know, in, in due time, it'll lose a little bit of stiffness. Right. Um, but you can always get back with a little bit of stiffener and you can even buy it on Amazon. But, right. um, uh, but yeah, you don't want to give it too much steam. The main thing that you don't want to do is you don't want to get your, uh, the steam on the sweatband on the inside. Right. Cause that's a, the leather sweatband. And if you get too much steam on that leather sweatband, the sweatband will actually like draw up. It can also kind of harden and just make it make for, you know, you, you work that, you almost want that sweatband to be nice and worn and loose and, um, comfortable. So, yeah. So you really just want to steam the outside of the hat. And that's yeah. another thing tell people is like really only try to steam the outside hat if you want to give it like a quick little pass over the brim on the underside that's fine right but if you were to there and hold it you'll your sweatband will just draw up inside your hat and now you need a new sweatband yeah now and now when you shape your hats do you shape them before you put the liner in no i actually put the liner in first so do you okay wait like your hat for example the way i'm mailing your hat i'm basically it is the exact process i would do except for the actual shaping Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, that, that's always the last thing I do, and then throw a uh, decorative band on it, and it's ready to go. Right. And so you hand stitch the sweatband as well, then, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Now that, uh, that I, that's I mean, tedious. It is, but it's kind of neat. If 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 you look at the inside of the way I do the sweatbands, I use like a little punch, and I give it like a nice little cross pattern. That's on right. the butt joint you're talking about. Right. Again, I don't know how how exciting this podcast is going to be. <laughs> well, it's exciting <laughs> to me. So, <laughs> but yeah, I I really like the um the the stitching of the butt joint. You know, it gives it like a cool X pattern. You know, and it, it also it resembles handmade. You know, it's handmade, right? Um, and that's what's really cool about it. Uh, and then of course I hand stitch the the band to the hat. Um, right. At some point, I'll probably get a sewing machine to do that part of it, but. Uh, cause there's nothing artistic about that, you know, but the butt joints again, super boring. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the stitching on the, uh, backside of the saddle, you know, on the skirts where the, where they come together underneath the cannel yeah. in the back, you know, oh, yeah. that, that cross, that cross lacing oh, yeah. that's there. It, uh, it looks cool. Oh yeah. 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 No yeah. Doubt. I mean, looks, looks better than, you know, factory or, or whatever. And that's kind of what we're, what we're, boasting is you know is a fully functional high quality handmade hat and um i think we're so far we're, we're happy we got a lot to learn you know yeah but we're we're 
we're happy with it at the moment. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, we got people pulling up in the driveway. That's all right. We're good. We're hey, we're we're right getting close to the end of our time here. So hey, real quick, um, I know I know what your answer is this gonna be, uh, your favorite hat brand. <laughs> Kofer. Kofer. Yeah. And how how about boots? You got a favorite boot brand? Um I got, I can tell you the boots I wear a lot of, I got three pairs. I love all three of them. Um, I work, I work in a pair of Rockies. Um, I go out in a pair of Lucchese's and I do everything in a double H. Oh, nice. That, that makes no, sense. Yeah, no, that <laughs> totally, totally does. Yeah. So, totally. so on those double H's, th th those boots run wide. So you got a wide foot. I do have a wide foot actually. Okay. Yeah. So I got big old fat bunions and weird <laughs> Feet from being in sports too long yeah yeah you got you got the mma feet yeah yeah how about western movies you got a favorite western movie uh definitely uh good bad and ugly clint eastwood nice clint eastwood's all-time western actor and, and actually one of my favorite hats i need to make myself one i haven't made myself one the um the jo uh was it josie the, the flat top kind of telescoping crown and the wide brim hat you know what i'm talking about yeah, I'm trying to think if it, if it was. I'm trying to think what when he wore in Josie Wales. Is that what you were talking um, about? Yeah, I'm drawing a blank now. It's um, ah, dang it, it's a movie I love too. Now I'm drawing yeah. a blank. On Unforgiven. Un is it Unforgiven? I can't remember what he wore in that hat in that in that one either. But that bothered me. And I'm not thinking about it because it's like one of my favorite favorite hat styles. And you never see anybody wearing it. But I kid you not. About three months ago, I was out here at the old saloon bar and town right and there's a guy wearing that exact hat and i was like that guy's cool that's badass yeah no doubt no yeah doubt. well hey man I'm, I'm looking forward to uh to getting my hat to shoot a little video of it while you're while you're uh while you're making it and stuff and oh. and uh send it sure, to me yeah. i'll post it and and then um also on on that brim cut that brim to four and an eight four and eight gotcha. four and eight yeah Maybe even, um, almost even four in, in a 16th. <laughs> we'll get you in there. Um, I got it. the, I think I was just looking at the sheet. It says on there four and eighth to four and three eighths somewhere in there. So we'll get you right at about four and eighth if that works. Perfect. Perfect. All right, man. I it today and working on it a little bit today. I'm actually heading out to my other job. I still work another job. Um, heading out to the other job. Then I come home and usually uh, work on hats and later in the evening. So, yeah. Well, we got that in common. We, we build stuff. I mean, you actually use your hands and do it. I just, I tell people what to do, but I, I used, <laughs> I used to do it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's all work. It's all mentally and physically taxing no matter yeah. what you do. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. So yeah, I'm twice your age too, by the way. So anyway, that's, <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't look it. you don't look a day over 40. <laughs> well, oh man, I'm telling you. Buy hats from John. He just said, I don't look a day over 40. My wife's sitting yeah. right here. I had to tell her that. <laughs> My hats actually make you look younger. I don't know if you told your uh, viewers that. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Kofor hats make you look younger. Yeah. And, it's and, the youth, uh, right on your head. Yep. And and then and it makes you a good fighter, too. It does. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you can run faster and jump higher in this hat. I promise. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, hey, John, man, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, it's great, you know, meeting you up there in Montana. Great getting to know you. Um, super excited to get my get my new lid from you and uh we'll let awesome. you get get on with the rest we, of your day all right well we appreciate the support and um enjoyed this conversation so next time you make it out this way definitely look me up we'll uh oh absolutely we'll meet up
Absolutely, man. All right, brother. All right, well, bro. hey, have a good day, man, and we'll we'll talk soon. All right, thanks so much, man. See you, you soon. Bet. Bye. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer, saddle up old rock, and I sit down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the rope and pin. can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems yeah we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pain And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the roping pen. Well, I ain't no play or speed. But I give her hell, hey, you never can tell. Someday I just might be. We'll turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the roping pen. Down at the roping pen.